Tim Teach On. Get entertained, get educated, and get with a rush for success. Fridays at 2 on Money 105.5. Folks, Big Mountain Heating and Air and Solar can replace your old air conditioner for free with your purchase of a Big Mountain Solar Energy System for less than $20 a month out-of-pocket financing on the complete air conditioning solar package. Find out how without any traditional credit requirements by calling 378-4616 or go to BigMountainAir.com. Solar and air conditioning for less than $20 a month out-of-pocket. That's BigMountainAir.com. Money 105.5. Views expressed on the following program are not necessarily those of this station, its owners, staff, or management. The following program is sponsored by Simply Great Lives. Welcome to the Impact Hour on Money 105.5, where you live with passion, make a difference, and come alive. This show is about you, your life, your impact, and your legacy. Now your hosts, John and Rena. Hey, welcome to the Impact Hour. Today I have with me a guest, Raul, Raul, I can't pronounce you, Raul Lopez Jr., and he's the author of a book called Heal the Boy and the Man Will Appear. And today's topic we're going to talk about is titled Dare to be Vulnerable. In my own journey, I found out that being vulnerable actually is a very necessary first step in breaking through just about anything in my life. So if I want to have a better relationship with my wife, I need to be vulnerable and I need to take some risks there. If I want to go out and start a business and follow my dreams and do something I've never done before, well, that takes a lot of vulnerability. And if we're not vulnerable, at least from my experience, we're stuck. <laughs> yeah, that that's true, John. Thanks. Um, being vulnerable is is huge. Uh, you know, just in writing my book, "Heal the Boy and the Man Will Appear," I was very transparent in that book, and that's vulnerability. You know, I mean, what are people going to think about the things that have happened to me in my life, things that I've done in my life? And uh, writing that book was a huge step for me. I wrote it over a period of fifteen years. Um, <clears throat> Not that it took me that long to write it, but it took me that long to release it mm. because of the vulnerability factor. So it's it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Book writing is uh, is a very big vulnerable step. Um, <laughs> I guess it depends on how you write. If you write a technical book, it's probably not too vulnerable. Yeah. You know, but the only part of you is your name on it, and the rest of it's this other stuff. But uh, if you write a a book about your life story, like like Reed and I have, and and you have, yeah. obviously, that's a, a very big vulnerable step. Sharing stories that. Uh, you know, what will people think if they find out, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier and I had written down something here about, you know, what, what is vulnerability and a certain aspect of it is not to be afraid. In fact, I was talking to a friend today at the gym and uh, I said, hey, what, what do you think vulnerability is? And um, the answer was, well, don't be afraid, right? Mm. Don't be afraid to ask for help and uh, don't be ashamed, you know, of your situation, basically. So uh, asking for help it, that's fear, right? Mm-hmm. Fear of being vulnerable. So it, it really vulnerability and fear go together because they do. if there's, if you don't have the fear of sharing your story or whatever's happening in your life, then there is no vulnerability. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So it's combined. And I see uh, uh, in so many different aspects, you know, I, you know, I, I volunteer at juvenile hall and I work with a lot of kids and we talk about, um, we don't talk about them being vulnerable, but I give them examples of fear and how it may cause them to do the wrong thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the definition. A, a lot of the content uh, that I would like to share today comes from a book called Daring Greatly. 
Okay. And uh, it's by Brene Brown, and she did a huge amount of research on a lot of a few different topics, but one of them is on being vulnerable and how mm. important that was. Mm. And her definition in her book, I think, is just really great. It's taking a risk and being emotionally being emotionally exposed, and uh, that could be a lot of different things. And it and I think from a, a narrow perspective, which is kind of how I looked at it for a long time, which is just you know sharing of myself, and certainly that is vulnerable mm -hmm. at its core. Yeah. But there can be other things that are also vulnerable, like sharing our dreams or, or pursuing a business mm -hmm. or, like you said, asking for help. For mm -hmm. some folks, standing up for yourself is right. very vulnerable. Yeah. Um, asking for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes, you know, couples, you know, in, in the relationship, there needs to be some vulnerability in there, mm -hmm. uh, not just in, in sharing in what we're exposing of ourselves, but you know, even bringing stuff up. Hey, that that really hurts when you do that. Yeah, that's a that's an ex being exposed and just putting right. yourself out there. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I, you know, when I was thinking about the topic, you know, and, and that definition, it's a great definition. Uh, being vulnerable comes in every aspect of our life, just like you mentioned in relationships, in business and, you know, in, in any situation that you might be. Um, I'll give an example of some of the kids that I work with in Juvenile Hall. I go into Juvenile Hall on a regular basis uh, with a group called GAP, Gang Awareness and Prevention. Uh, the director of that program is Randall, Randall Burston. He's a great guy. Um, he, I signed up with him. He lets me come in, and I give my testimony, and I talk to stories with these kids. And one of the things I do is help them to understand that the fear that there is fear in them. Because I ask them, these are kids, they've been incarcerated, they've done some knucklehead things. And I ask them, what are, what are you scared of? Are you scared of anything? And they say, no, I'm not scared of anything. And I go, you're not scared of anything. Well, why don't you stand up for me and read this sheet of paper to the group that we're sitting here in front of? And they go, no. And I go, why not? And they just kind of look at me. And you can see the fear in mm -hmm. their eyes, yeah. right? And it's fear of being vulnerable that maybe they can't read that well. Or maybe they don't want to stand up and share something about their lives that will make them seem weak we're mm, then. Yes. So um, I kind of talk about the fear in that and the power of the mind, right? Yeah. As a man thinketh, he shall be. Um, and I just get, without using the word vulnerable, we talk more a little bit about fear, but that's really what it is. They don't want to stand up and speak about their life, about something that happened to them, about what they might be worried about in their situation because vulnerability, especially in an incarcerated state, um, can cause you problems. Right. So, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Now, my experience around vulnerability and fear, a lot of people talk about, you know, living fearless and, mm -hmm. and all of that. And I've discovered that if I literally live fearless, like I have absolutely no fear, no emotion of fear in me at all, mm -hmm. I'm completely playing it safe and not taking any risks whatsoever <laughs> at all. That's good. That's good. And so what I've discovered is that to live fearless the way most people think about it is I actually get to experience a lot of fear around that mm -hmm. and I get to go forward anyways. Oh, wow, yeah. And That's so it's, it's going forward even when being afraid rather than letting yeah. the fear control me. And that could be exciting, right? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, it if can you have, be. I mean, the roller coasters, you know, I'm scared of roller coasters. I do not ride roller coasters, but I've been on them, and there's that exhilarating feeling of, oh. Yeah. So, but then after, you're like, whoa, that was cool. Yes. So sometimes, and we mentioned this earlier, uh, being vulnerable, you're, you're worried about what people are going to think of mm -hmm. you. Yes. Right? So, um, and we all do that, but as we have a challenge or we want to be vulnerable, we need to share what we have and we get it out there and people relate to it, right? We're so worried about what they're gonna think. We're so worried about what they're gonna say. Um, and, and we usually think negative thoughts. They're gonna think this of me, they're gonna think that of me. But people so often are more 
to the point of, wow, I can relate to what you're saying. And you know what? Let me help you. I'm glad yeah. you told me that. Yeah. I, I've come to f learn, at least for myself, and I've seen it in a lot of other folks, that uh, one of the reasons we so much don't want to be vulnerable is we've had experiences where we've been squashed. Yes. We've been squashed by a parent. We've been mm -hmm. squashed by someone we admire and respect, a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've gone and we put ourselves out there, and the response was just wham. Right. You know, yeah. and I, I know I had that. I had this experience in high school. It was it was like I think it was a freshman. I was signing up for classes for the first time. And they said, you know, here's the rules. You go to the class and then you, you know, pick the time and the teacher and the whole thing. And and I had it all together except for the teacher's name and went up and said, I'd like to sign up for this class. Here's the number. Here's the time. And it's like, that's good. And it was just like this very condescending response. <laughs> it's like, well, that's yeah. good. Who's the teacher? And I'm like, oh man, yeah, you know, I was yeah. just squashed, and, and it just felt horrible. <laughs> yeah. But but even more than that, you know, we can have times when you just really put ourselves out there as kids with mm -hmm. parents, you know, and mm -hmm. we say, hey, Dad, look at this, and yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, or, yeah. you know, they don't mean uh -huh. to squash, right. but we get these negative responses. That's so, that's a great example, and it goes into a lot of stuff we teach too in regard to conditioning, especially as a child. I I mean, that's the perfect example of when your child is happy and in a great mood but maybe you just got home from work and you're not in that great of a mood oh daddy or oh, mommy i love you let me show you this and you're like i don't got time right now yeah what does that do to them right yeah. they're scared from then on to even ask or to show you what they have and that's right we have to recognize that because yeah. that we don't want our kids to grow up and be fearful of saying what they feel right i, I think it's almost inevitable though i mean mm. as much as we try as parents mm. to mm. to be there and to be supportive uh, there's yeah. just there's just no way for it happens. It just happens. <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. Well, you know the fix the, for me the fix for that is because it does happen. Mm -hmm. um, is I will recognize it and I'll go back and I'll talk to my mm. son and I'll explain to him. Hey, you know, hey, I, earlier I know I was a little bit abrupt. Um, I was tired. Whatever. Maybe it's not an excuse. I apologize. I, you know, I really do want to hear what you have to say. Please tell me what you have to say. Nice. Yeah. I always yeah. Do Going back and fixing it afterwards is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's important. You know, what I, I saw an uh, article the other day and it was talking about how kids are competing with cell phones, mm. right? With their parents' oh, yeah. cell phones. They're, par they're trying to talk to their parents and their parents are sitting there watching videos on Facebook or what they're doing something on their cell phone. And they're just not getting the attention because a lot of times you'll see um, parents looking at their phone and, and talking to their kids. They're not looking at them and giving them right. the attention. And uh, I was reading that. So when I see that type of stuff, I recognize it in myself. And mm. just the other day I was watching a video and, you know, it was before my son walked up to me and he's walked up and he was like, hey, dad. And he started to talk to me. But I was in the middle of this video and I was watching it. And I thought of that article that I read and I go, oh, you know wow. what? And I just put it down. I said, what's up, son? And I looked directly at him. Nice. And I said, what's going on? So, you know, when you recognize the vulnerabilities, um, we really could work on them for ourselves and for our children. Awesome. We need to go to a break. We're going to talk more about daring to be vulnerable. We'll be right back. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning. Significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 1055. 
Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. Today we've been talking about being vulnerable and why it is so important. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time at first talking about why it is that we're so afraid of being vulnerable. And I think so much in our society, we've been taught that it needs to look good. <laughs> and I know, like from a guy's perspective, I think it's even more powerful. And yeah. guys, we're not ever, ever to show weakness. Mm. And we really get squashed or there's comments or there's this almost like this from other guys, this shame around, oh, you are, you are weak. Yeah. And it was just, you know, just this this horrible response where we get to a place and I think it's in ladies as well, pretty powerful. We need it to look good and, and feel like and show and appear that we've got it all together, that that we're doing good. And if we don't, there are consequences that feel very real, especially to the way we think of ourselves and our self view and our self worth. And so we want it to look good. We want to look strong. We want to look competent. And if if it's not going to look that way, then we want to hide it. Yeah. And that's pretty powerful stuff. A absolutely is powerful. Um, I think of like a mask, right? We we mm. wear a mask of a smiley face when behind it's just it's all fear. Right. You know, we, we, we're not sure with what we're doing. We're not sure how we feel about ourselves. We're not um, happy in things that are happening in our lives, but we put on this mask of like, everything's perfect because we don't want to look vulnerable to anybody else. Right. Yes. And, and one of the things we want to make it very clear today that being vulnerable is not weakness. We are, we are afraid of pairing weak. And so we are afraid of being vulnerable, but sharing our vulnerabilities, putting ourselves out there, taking emotional risk and exposing ourselves actually is a really courageous, powerful thing to do. Absolutely. And it is the opposite of weakness. Absolutely. And if you ever listen to somebody, you're in a, some kind of setting. You might be listening to a talk or you're in a, in a small group somewhere and someone opens up and they share. And you ask people, were they weak or were they courageous? Most people said, man, that was that took amazing courage. That was mm -hmm. courageous. Mm -hmm. But as soon as you ask a person, well, what if you shared like that? Oh, no, I don't want to appear weak. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, you know, internally, right? That's right. You see somebody else do it, and you're like, man, that was amazing. You did such a great job. You're so, you have so much courage. And then internally, we're like, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to look weak. It, it, it doesn't match, does it's, it? Yeah, it's a double standard, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it's a double yes. standard. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's great, you know, what you said, because it, there is nothing wrong with being vulnerable. And, and it is, it's a lie. It's a lie that being uh, vulnerable is weakness because it's not at all. Totally. And I just want to be clear. That doesn't mean we walk in the line at the grocery store and just go blah, let it all hang out and <laughs> share everything there. Not every place is a great place to share everything that's going on with us and right. all of our struggles. Mm -hmm. um, we need to find people who are safe to share with. Mm -hmm. And as we test the waters and share with people and then they share back and we share more and they share more, we find that we've created a, a relationship mm -hmm. or a, a bunch, a group of, of folks in a, a group setting where we can be vulnerable and mm -hmm. it is safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, once, once we're comfortable being more vulnerable, at least in my experience, it's easier to share things with other folks. 
Yes. And it, it's more comfortable. It's like, oh, you know, no big deal. It's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm still good. I'm me. And I can share this with them. And they can take it or leave it or whatever. But mm -hmm. it's not from this desperation like, you know, I need to to expose myself to people so I can be seen and heard and that kind of thing. It's not this from this needy place. Right. Yeah. So, John, you were going to give us an example of a time you were vulnerable and what, yeah. what you felt. Yeah, it's it's been a progress for me. It's, mm -hmm. it's been a journey. It's not, you know, I take steps being vulnerable mm -hmm. and then I take other steps being vulnerable and I take other steps being vulnerable. Uh, but I think one of the first real couple of real places where I was uh, intentionally vulnerable Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them, you know, I teach classes and they're, they're technical classes and, you know, it's this highly technical setting. And in the technical world, you know, things like emotion and vulnerability, that's all like shoved aside as, as being irrelevant. Uh, yeah. And uh, I decided in my class that I was just going to be more vulnerable with them. And I was going to expose times when I got it wrong, when I totally messed it up and it took me longer than it should. And I was completely frustrated. And it totally went over really, really well. They they could relate mm -hmm. and they could go, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh yeah, I, it's been like that. And and sometimes they don't even say that while I'm sharing, but afterwards like, oh yeah, yeah, I get that, you know, yeah. and I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And it creates connection. Right, yeah. yeah. But the first time I did that, it was really scary because <laughs> I'm the instructor. I'm supposed to have it all together. Oh, I'm yeah. supposed to know everything about everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it got to a place where even in my opening, I'll share with people. I've got a lot of experience, but I really don't know everything mm -hmm. on the first day. Yeah. And, you know, in some settings that would be what, what, what are you, why are you teaching and all this weird stuff. But yeah. in this, in this setting, you know, I set it up, I have a lot of experience. And so I still support why I'm there and, mm -hmm. you know, my credentials and it, it just makes the whole setting more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, the students now feel safe to ask questions wow. because I've just exposed myself as, mm -hmm. you know, I just don't know everything and, and not, and sometimes I mess up and, and they go, okay, well, then it's okay for me to ask questions. That's and, great. And just the whole room relaxes. Yeah. And I've seen cases when that's not there, then mm -hmm. the student or the, the instructor stands up and says, oh, I'm, I'm all that. Here's, here's all the awesomeness about mm -hmm. me, and here's why I'm your instructor. Yeah. And usually you get one student who goes, hmm, I'm going <laughs> to – I don't like that. that. That sounds like a challenge to me. I'm, I'm going to push back on that. Yeah. And you get one really tough student. Mm. And others, other teachers, other instructors, when we chat, say, oh, yeah, I always get this one one problem student. And I'm like, really? I, I hardly ever get that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I bet you your, the, the, your students learn better also. Mm, oh, yeah. Because I have, I've been in courses where regardless of your answer, the professor will say, well, kind of. You kind of got it right. And then they'll go on to mm. it. And where, even if you had it right, you could look at a book and go, look, I just said what the textbook said. And they go, well, you kind of got it right. And that really stifles people. They mm. don't want to say the answer anymore, even if you've got it right, because somebody's going, no, nah, that's not the right answer. So what you did is I'm sure you opened that environment up to those kids, and they were able to learn a lot better. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. The other time, I, it is in, a, in my men's group that I'm at. Mm -hmm. And uh, this group is kind of it waxes and wanes there's times when it's like okay this is a safe group i think i can share and other times i'm like whoa i don't know if i want to share now you know <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was another another other group setting where where i started to decide to just open up and share more about you know what i'm struggling with and what's yeah. going on and it doesn't always happen 
Uh, but it was on purpose, and it's the first time through. It is really scary yeah. because you, you don't have a reference experience of, of that, doing that and having it come out okay. Mm -hmm. So the uncertainty is just wide open. Like, oh man, what is going to happen here? Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. You know, the the talk about being vulnerable. The the first time. I really told my story in a public setting uh, was at a church and you know, I was giving my testimony and you know they, they give you a format and tell you what to write and, and you know how long you have in the whole thing and this was like 15 years ago and I was so scared to get on stage which is funny because that's what I do now I speak yeah. on stage <laughs> but, uh, I was so scared to get on the stage and I, and I said I, I don't I'm not I don't want to get up on the stage and they said well why not you got to share your story and I was so I was so worried, the fear of sharing my story and what people would think. Um, they said, well, at least it's le let's, at, let's at least videotape it and we'll play it. So that's what I ended up doing. Mm. And I sat down and we, we video recorded it. And then they showed the recording and it, the impact on people was amazing. I mean, it, it was like connection, like we're right. talking about. Like, wow, people were coming up to me afterwards and some were like, I had no idea that that was your lifestyle, you know, that before, in the mm -hmm. past. Um, you, you've really come a long way. I, I couldn't have managed by looking at you. And, uh, and people were just touched. So that was a, a really good example of being vulnerable, but really too much fear and then just seeing a, a great uh, outcome from it. And from there, I, it was easier for me to actually just get on the stage and start talking and sharing my story. And it was after that that actually that I released my book, too. Um, I'll tell you a time that created fear in me, though, uh, that so being vulnerable and sometimes this is what conditioned us to be in that scared state is when I first started college and uh, I, I wrote a paper, right, an, an essay, a paper. It was just like two pages, and I thought it was amazing. I thought, this is perfect, right? And I turned it in, and the instructor walked up to me, um, and she looked at me, and she got the paper, and she just threw it down, like threw oh, it out wow. on my desk. And she goes like this. She says, the next time you write an essay, at least proofread it before you turn it in. Oh man! <laughs> and and I was shocked. I really was. And and I I had thought like like in my mind I was like this is the perfect essay. It's probably gonna be the best one in the class and all this uh -huh. stuff. And she just threw it in my face. And man, did that shut me down. I'll tell right. you that. I mean, I was scared to turn in my homework after that. It really was. <laughs> <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. So it goes it goes both ways. You know, it really does. Um, but we got to get past those things that happen to us, and we got to understand that. Everybody has their own personality and their own challenges in their life, right? right? I mean, my, my guess would be somebody in her life treated her like that, right? Right, Just threw stuff down or put down stuff that she was working on and uh, move forward and, and make sure that we understand that, uh, hey, we got to be out there and be vulnerable in order to, to progress in our life, you know? Yeah. Totally. There's a relationship. We can start a topic here. We'll probably need to take a break pretty soon. Okay. But uh, we have a few minutes. There's a relationship between shame and vulnerability and mm -hmm. worthiness. Mm. So mm -hmm. I wanted to kind of dive into that a bit. And uh, it, it seems intuitively obvious that if we're feeling shame, mm -hmm. and, and shame is a, a self-view. Yeah. So if we're feeling guilty, that's I did something wrong. But if we feel shame, it's I am wrong. There's something bad about me as a person. Oh, yeah. And so shame is, is deeply internalized. Mm -hmm. And so when we're feeling shame, we feel like, hey, we're not good people. I'm not a good person. I'm, you know, there's this problem with me. I'm not worthy. I'm, I'm bad. Mm -hmm. it's, it really shuts us down. It shut me down. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, I, 
and and that's such a, a block mm-hmm. to being vulnerable, mm-hmm. and it keeps us stuck. And it's another lie, right? It's another oh, it lie is. that we tell ourselves over it and is. over again. Yeah. Yes. And so there's a, a deep tie then between shame and worthiness, and mm-hmm. worthiness is feeling like we're okay people. I'm I'm awesome, and I'm good. I'm accepted and valued. I'm a good mm-hmm. person regardless of what I do. I may do bad things, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean I'm a bad person. Right, right. It's and a so behavior, right? It's, it's, a, not, it's not who you are. It's right. a behavior that you did. Right. So yeah. we, that's, uh, it's about separating who we are from, from what happens. Mm-hmm. And if we make mistakes, oh, oh I made a mistake, right. as opposed to, oh, I'm, I'm, I suck. <laughs> right, right. I am just a terrible person. No, you're not. You had it. You made a, a you made a decision that was bad behavior. So, yes, absolutely. Yep. So we will get more in depth in this, but we're given lots of messages um, throughout our lives. At least I know I have, where it's the the behavior that we experience from others can be called a shaming behavior. Mm-hmm. They're doing things to shame us. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, just to control our behavior. They think, yeah. oh, if if I do this, mm-hmm. then they'll behave right. Yeah. Um, but then over time, I know I have internalized those messages, and I start to believe, oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And it can be a, a thing that takes a long time to overcome. Absolutely. Goes, goes right back into as a man thinketh, right? Yeah. The power of our mind. Yeah. Amazing. So we're going to go into a break. We will be right back. Have you secured your family's financial future? Are you approaching your own retirement and seeking relief from so those me, unexpected hear, financial again, burdens like long-term care? Topic. Why not leave your legacy to the next uh, generation instead? You can count on Family Heritage Group to help you prepare for your future yeah. your way. So Remember, knowledge is power. So call Ed Outland's Family Heritage Group today at 967-3500. 967-3500 for a free life-changing consultation. Family Heritage Group, your solution to bridging the generation. I'm, I'm just kind of paying attention to where we Hi, go. Hi, I'm attorney Eric Meyer of Meyer Law Offices, the host of Money yeah. 105.5's new show, so The Wealth and Family point Show. Are, are Every Thursday at 4 p.m., we'll talk about how to build and protect um, yeah, the Wealth and Family. In this complicated world we live in, be confident you have taken the steps to ensure everything you've worked hard for and what matters most your family are protected. Join the conversation every Thursday afternoon at 4, straight talk and to the point. This is personal. This is family. This is the Wealth and Family Show. Attention credit card holders. The secret that credit card companies don't want you to know is getting out. Thousands of people across the country are now settling their debts for a fraction of what they owe, thanks to National Debt Relief. The secret is that if you're struggling with or simply can't afford your monthly credit card payments, you now have the legal means to resolve your debt with your lenders, substantially reducing what you owe into one low monthly payment. You don't have to worry about bankruptcy or falling deeper into debt. You can now save thousands of dollars even tens of thousands, and be debt-free faster than you ever thought possible. There are no upfront fees, and satisfaction is guaranteed. If you're struggling with at least $10,000 in credit card debt, medical bills, private student loans, or personal loans, call National Debt Relief now for a free quote on how much of your debt can be reduced. Get this free, life-changing information now by dialing 800-506-2760. 800-506-2760. That's 800-506-2760. Are you tired of feeling sick and tired? Are you constantly limited by your health and you want to get a more natural solution? My name is Dr. Tim Smith, and I help families change the way they view and manage their health at New Life Chiropractic every single day, getting natural solutions for common health care issues. If you want to learn more about how you can start changing your life for the better, visit our office at newlifechiropracticrockland.com or call 916 916- 
259-2682 and start changing the health of your family today. Oh yeah. It's the Project Grow Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur looking to grow your business with cutting edge strategies and tactics? That's our mission here at the Project Grow Radio Show. It's a millennial's perspective and advice on faith, marketing, leadership, and technology. In a world that's quickly advancing, we bring you exciting interviews from today's top entrepreneurs and leaders. The Project Grow Radio Show, hosted by Adrian Boysell. Listen from your smartphone by downloading the Money 105.5 app. Live every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. on Money 105.5 FM. Victory Christian Schools, kindergarten through 12th grade, has been a steadfast establishment in the Sacramento community for 55 years. And for those who are enrolled in the 2017-2018 school year, you can secure your child's place for the 2018-2019 school year with priority enrollment now until March 16th. Take advantage and make sure your child continues being nourished with care at the longest standing Christian school in the Sacramento area. You can register online at victorycs.org. That's VictoryCS.org. Your home is so much more than square footage and a floor plan. So why would you entrust buying a new home or selling your home to anyone but Ellen Hurley, the Real Estate Insider? And tune in weekdays from noon to 1 for Ellen Hurley's show, The Real Estate Insider, exclusively on Money 1055. Buying or selling on The Real Estate Insider. For your real estate dream, she gets it done. Call now. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Live with passion. Make a difference and come alive. This is the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. There's a couple things that are coming up for you guys. And this one's for the guys. Ladies, if you want your guy to step up and become more <laughs> alive, maybe yeah. you can like, you know, mention this, you know, kind of elbow them in the ribs hey you should go to these things uh but for guys listening out there there is uh, coming up march 13th there is a meetup uh hosted by the group called unchained men if you go to meetup.com and search for unchained men you should see it in there location is still being worked out but it will be in the roseville area mm-hmm. also coming up march 27th is an event called open mic night and that is an event where you get to come and speak and we've been talking about being vulnerable today. And if you wanted to try out being vulnerable in a safe environment where everyone will cheer you on and be really excited for you, you can come and practice your story, practice your pitch, uh, realtors, insurance folks, nonprofits, uh, anyone, or even just individuals. If you want to overcome your fear of stage fright or fear yeah. of public speaking, that stage fright thing, March 27th, uh, come join us 
And again, it'll be a lot of fun. Um, there's we're not going to be, uh, you know, people writing down, you know, on a piece of paper, oh, look how many ums they said or anything like <laughs> right. that. No, uh, no clickers. No, no, no clickers. It'll just be come and have fun and just try stuff out uh, um, in a safe environment with a bunch of friends cheering you on and encouraging you. Yeah, we say uh, come crush that fear of speaking. If you have a story you want to tell, come and just practice. That's what it is. We give you great feedback. Yeah, maybe there's that story you've just never told and you felt like it just needs to come out. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're not even sure where you'd like to tell that story, but here's your chance to practice. And yeah. I believe that once you practice your story and you're ready for it, opportunities may open up Absolutely. after that. Yeah, just c come out and even watch. If, if at first you don't want to get up on the stage, um, just come out and watch and watch the fun that we have, the energy that we create. It's a great time. We had a great time at the last event. I mean, everybody did really well. Yes. And then in case you've missed some past episodes, you can catch past episodes of the Impact Hour. If you can go to impacthour.com, you can listen to past episodes just right there on the website on your computer. Or if you'd rather to take us with you and get us in your favorite podcast player, there's instructions on there on how to get the Impact Hour on your, in your favorite podcast on Apple and Android and all these others. So we've been talking today about daring to be vulnerable, and I wanted to uh, just kind of highlight a little bit more, why is this important? Why do we want to be vulnerable? And in my experience, not being vulnerable really hinders connection. Mm. When I am not being vulnerable, I have a mask, I have a persona, I'm projecting a me that I think everybody expects to see of me so that I can be accepted and valued by other people and the real me is hidden away behind the mask. And when I do that, other people, when they interact with me, they get my mask, they don't get me. And there's a part of me that's still wondering if they really knew the real me, would they then accept me? Mm. Would they know me? And in that interaction, I really don't feel seen, heard, and understood and valued because people are seeing, hearing, and understanding my persona. And it can feel incredibly lonely. Yeah. And that's just on a personal level. But when you do that, when we hide and we are not vulnerable, it hinders growth. The uh, one way vulnerability looks is going around the world going, I'm good, I know this, I got this, this is good. And, and any sort of problems that might be, be helped with, you know, through community and connection, those can't be, you can't be supported and helped because it's all hidden away. When we are not being vulnerable, we disengaged. We don't take risks, so mm -hmm. we disengage at work. So the cycle at work goes, we do something and maybe it's okay. Maybe we mess up a little place and the boss goes, oh, that was terrible here. And so we pull back mm -hmm. and then we go try some more and we're trying to do our work and get paid for it. And the boss says, oh, this wasn't good over here. And so we mm -hmm. pull back yeah. and now we're, we're very much disengaged in our work and mm -hmm. our productivity goes down. And that disengagement happens with our spouses and our children and our friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And all of that hinders connection and relationship it hinders success, it hinders us becoming the highest versions of ourselves, and it makes for a kind of a dull, drab life, <laughs> in my experience. Right. <laughs> so it's very important to learn to be vulnerable, to put ourselves out there, to expose ourselves to emotional risk, mm. to try new things, yeah. and to share with people what needs to be shared in the relationship so that we can have that productive relationship where we're both being valued and supported and heard and understood. Absolutely. That, that's, that's powerful stuff. You know, be, before the break, you had mentioned the difference in uh, feeling shame versus guilt for something you may have done or a mm -hmm. certain way that you had lived. And, uh, you know, when you said that, it, it hit home for me. 
um, because and in my youth, you know, very young, I, I, I streets, gangs, incarceration, all that type of thing. Um, I, I would look back at myself and the way that I did things, the way that I thought, the, the way that I acted. Um, I was shameful of it as an adult. I was really shameful of it. And, you know, when the, when the whole Facebook thing came out, um, people find you, right, from mm. your old school you used to hang out with and things like that. And I didn't friend a lot of these people because I was I felt shame. Mm. I was like, man, you know, I, I was a knucklehead back then. I, you know, I wasn't a nice guy, and I acted this way and I acted that way. So I didn't even want to communicate with these people, but it still goes back to what we were talking about where it, it's a lie. Yeah. Because a, a few people that I did talk to um, – I would. I told them that. I said, you know, I'm not talking. I don't talk to because they say, hey, have you talked to this person or that person? I said, no, not really. I don't talk to too many people from my youth because you know I was. I felt like this type of person, and I explained how I felt. And one individual said, I never thought of you that way, and I was like shocked. I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, you always seem like you were a nice guy to me. <laughs> mm. And so you know, it's just like it was a lie. All that stuff that went around in my head, and I was telling myself, you know, it, it wasn't external it was internal mm. right it was it yeah. was that mask it was be, i was it was behind in what yeah. i'm thinking on the inside um not that i didn't do some dumb things because i did which caused me to be incarcerated and stuff but um i wasn't that person that i was ashamed that i thought i was yeah shame is very much an internal process yeah. that's going on yeah 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 and it's it's pretty deep stuff and i, and I know for guys i just want to talk a little bit to the guys out there um from, from a guy's perspective here, one of the things that we are often ta taught so much is to not ever show weakness. And so that can include a lot of things. For different guys in different walks in life in different places, you know, it might look a little bit different. But uh, for me, it was don't ever be wrong. Mm. You know, don't say something wrong. Don't look stupid. Mm -hmm. um, that was from my upbringing, you know, where my parents valued smartness <laughs> very much and yeah. uh, told me things, you know, says, hey, it's great that you're smart because, John, that means you belong to the family. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I better be smart, you wow. know, or that means I don't belong to the yeah. family. Right. And I'm sure that's not what they meant. That's not what they meant that's, at all. But that's what right. I made, what I yeah. took in. That was what I internalized. Absolutely. And so, you know, don't be wrong. Don't say anything mm -hmm. that's wrong. You that's know, tough. don't say anything where I saying, well, well, that's dumb. That would be like the worst for me. Right. right. That would be now. Now I'm feeling shame Jeez. just from that simple yeah. interaction. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And that turns you off. Right. You don't yeah. you, you're scared <laughs> to say anything because right. you don't want it to be stupid or, or dumb. Yeah. So, and a part of that for guys very much is don't show emotions. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many guys do you run into who says, yeah, I think it's, it's great for guys to show emotion. <laughs> I mean, if you asked, yeah. like when you go into to the prisons or the other places, mm -hmm. if, you, if you talk to them about mm -hmm. emotions, what would they say? Absolutely. They'd probably say, what do you mean? <laughs> right? you, know, you know what, what I see in, in men, we're talking mm -hmm. about men, um, is that anytime an emotional subject comes up or even a, a, a topic that triggers an emotion mm. it very quickly turns to anger yeah. because they don't know how to express it right so when they when they feel that emotion it makes them uncomfortable makes us uncomfortable we're men it makes us yeah. uncomfortable we'd rather look and say hey don't talk to me like that or whatever and walk away right because we're uncomfortable with the emotion so yeah emotions is huge in uh men and being vulnerable um, and understanding that, you know, the emotion, the whole emotion is an energy. It yes. has to flow through us. And if we don't release those emotions, good or bad, they get built up inside us. Yeah. And, and, and that, that creates a difficult life. It really yeah. is. Yeah. I've heard recently that when we have emotions, that's something that's out there that wants to be addressed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That it's not there just because 
it's awkward or weird, but mm -hmm. that it's there because there's something that wants to be addressed. Right. And that if we don't address it, if we don't let the emotions flow the way they're supposed to flow and we don't look at it and try to address it, whatever that might mean for whatever that is, mm -hmm. you know, it could be recognizing we've been be believing a lie or it could be, oh, I really should go apologize to somebody or whatever that kind of, um, you know, how that should be addressed, that that'll express itself mm -hmm. in all kinds of ways. Right. And so a quote I've heard that's great is that a man who won't feel will inflict it upon other people. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, we can we can talk definitely more about that because, I mean, my book is on emotions. So I have a, a couple of good suggestions on helping to release emotions and why it's important to release the emotions. Awesome. We'll talk about that some more when we come right back. All right. Parents, do you want your kids to listen to you more? Bosses, do you want your employees to be more engaged? Salespeople, do you want your customers to be more inclined to say yes? I'm Rena Bonicio from the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Let's explore some simple changes you can make to get the responses you want from people. Schedule your free discovery session with me at theimpacthour.com. Making some simple changes in yourself can make a dramatic difference in your relationships. Schedule your free discovery session at theimpacthour.com. Some assembly required. Meaning, significance, satisfaction, connection. You can have it all. Learn how on the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Host John and Rena will help you be a change agent, a leader, a hero. Move through your world, touching lives and experiencing a deep sense of connection and meaning. Listen to the Impact Hour, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. on Money 105.5. Your impact matters. You matter. Did you miss a show? Check out past shows at theimpacthour.com. Now back to the Impact Hour with John and Rena on Money 105.5. Welcome back. Uh, just before the break, we were talking about guys' experience around emotions and how we're taught to to hide the emotions, to bottle it up. And Raul, you're going to share just a little bit about emotions from your book. Yeah, you know, um, I, I mentioned it earlier uh, briefly that our emotions are an energy and they have to flow through us. And like, if you think about it, if you're excited and you're watching a sports game or whatever, and, and there's a, a score, you, you, you'd start to jump and raise your hands. It's an energy, right? If you get excited, it's an emotion. You can't just sit there. <laughs> and not move. Your body will start to shake. Literally, your body will shake, mm. and you'll you you yeah, man. It's an emotion that's expressed. So the other side of that is anger, right? Is is an emotion also? Fear is an emotion, and what a lot of times in my younger age, um, if I was to get angry, the way I would express it would be to get in a physical altercation. Mm. I'd get into a fight, right? You're you're letting the emotion. You're releasing it, right? Mm. And then when I started to changed the way I was living, my lifestyle, um, what I started to do was really just instead of express the emotion or uh, deal with the emotion, I would just hold it in, mm -hmm. right? You made me so mad, I'd, I'd be shaking, right? right? But I wouldn't, I didn't want to get into a fight. So um, that is where it becomes really unhealthy. And, and I, I learned that you have to express it. So maybe walking down the street, right? And this is old me, somebody looking at me for a couple of seconds, I'd look back at him and we may get into an altercation because it would bother me, right? Mm. Um, and that goes into vulnerability, it really does. <laughs> but it would, it would bother me with my own state of mind. 
but I got to a point where I didn't want to be that person anymore. So I would just ignore it, but it would bother me. So mm-hmm. I would hold it in. So I wouldn't go to that person and say like, hey, it really bothered me what you did. I mean, that wouldn't, that'd be too vulnerable, right? right. But I would explain it, express it to somebody to release it, right? Okay. Whether it be my wife or my friend or something, I'd be like, hey man, this happened to me today and it really upset me. And just even that, it releases it. Nice. So you don't have to release your, it's easy to release our, our happiness, right? right. It's just joy, happiness, it, it comes out. But when it's something that angers us, um, our sadness, it's really important to express it, to speak it. And it doesn't have to be to the person that made you angry or to the person that hurt your feelings, but express it to somebody because then it is a release. And at some point you may make it easier to go and talk to that person that's causing those problems for you. Nice. Now, some guys have had different experiences around that. I just wanted to kind of share a little bit in case uh, those of you listening are going, yeah, I don't quite relate to that. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of guys would. Uh, But I think a a common response to guys is either to get angry and to fight or the other response is to withdraw. Mm -hmm. And so for me in in my life, when I didn't get angry so much, and and there might be some other reasons for that because of my upbringing, but but, uh, I didn't want to get angry. You know, that wasn't acceptable. And my natural response was to withdraw. It was to, mm-hmm. to get away and to go inside, mm-hmm. just get quiet. And that was my way of, of reacting to it. And so I might have emotions, but it, it wasn't ever in anger. It was like, oh, man, now there's something wrong with me. And now I'm going to I'm going to go withdraw. But you weren't expressing it. Right. right. You were you were holding it in your withdrawal. Sure. And you expressed yeah, it yeah, totally. Yeah, I am not. I'm not yeah. yeah, that is totally <laughs> right that the emotions do need to be expressed. Yeah. I'm not trying to, yeah. to say otherwise on there. No, I'm just I'm agreeing because yeah. the, I went from that expressing negative in a negative way to fighting to wanting to change and just not it's just holding it in. Yeah. And that's where the problem occurs, starts to occur in us is we hold all this stuff in. And then what you see sometimes is people will just blow up and they'll go crazy all of a sudden. They'll be like, who is this guy? What happened? Yeah. It's because you've been holding that in for so long. At some point it has to be released, right? At some point, anything and everything in us, it comes to the surface. Yeah. It comes and, out. And it comes out. In some way or another. Yeah. In some way or another. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for some folks, it comes out in the form of like ailments, mm-hmm. you know, suddenly our back goes oh, out yeah. or, you yeah. know, things like that. It can become physical. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, um, it can become physical, and that sometimes is hard for people to understand, but there's truth in that. Yeah. Now, one of the last things I wanted to make sure we touched on before the show was over was the topic of worthiness, mm-hmm. because there's a direct tie between shame and worthiness, mm-hmm. and I know from my experience, my upbringing, if you were to ask me a number of years ago, I'd have said, yeah, it was great. I had a pretty good upbringing, you know, great parents, and, you know, nothing really you know, horrible. I never you know, went to prison and I never did drugs and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would have said it was pretty idyllic. So you weren't me. That's, <laughs> yeah, it was different. Um, but I've learned since that uh, there's a lot of messages we take in in our life. Even if on the outside, it appears like it's going great. Mm-hmm. But there can be a lot of shaming that goes on mm-hmm. from teachers and parents in different places where we start to take in these messages and we internalize them. And we feel like, oh, now there's something wrong with me or I'm, I'm not good. I'm not smart enough or I'm not. I mean, that enough, not whatever it is, enough becomes mm-hmm. a mantra we have in our internal dialogue with ourselves. Yeah. Our self-talk becomes, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. You know, or I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not whatever it is. We start mm-hmm. to take this in mm-hmm. and, and that's where we feel shame. Yeah. And, and a lot of folks in our life have used shame to control our behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a time when that was thought to be a good way to control kids' behaviors. Right. You know, teachers would shame their kids into behaving in class. Poor kids. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Very much so. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, 
a lot of us would feel like, yeah, I, I'm pretty good, and that's how we feel like we're supposed to feel about ourselves. But if we really to dig in and, and really find out what is that self-talk like, mm-hmm. how do we really see ourselves, we would see that we might have a worthiness issue. Mm. And if we're not feeling worthy, Mm-hmm. then we're going to try to get that from other people. We want to feel mm-hmm. valued and accepted. Mm-hmm. And so that might be striving at work to be successful mm-hmm. so that people will like us mm-hmm. and will feel worthy and accepted and valued. Mm-hmm. And it's this constant striving. Yeah. And when we're trying to get that from other people, our self-worth then is defined by something outside of ourselves and other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we are in very much not in a place to be vulnerable. Right. So again, we, we go external. Right? Yeah, when when we we need to learn and understand that everything is internal, whether good and bad, right? Yeah. Because if we're going external to get somebody to accept us or to feel like we're worthy, um, it's going to be very short periods, right? Because somebody yes. might be happy with you for today, and then tomorrow they're going to be like, "Oh, you said this or you said that," and they're not going to be happy with you right. anymore. So for about five minutes, you, they made you feel worthy. So where do you go to feel worthy? You have to understand who you are and the self talk, like you mentioned earlier. Yes. Yep. And I'll just share from my personal experience the place that I go if somehow I really can't get that internally, or I'm just not feeling good about myself, Mm -hmm. is I get that from God. Absolutely, yeah. So I go to God, and I know Mm -hmm. that I know that He values me Mm -hmm. incredibly, Mm -hmm. and He finds me worthy, and He loves me incredibly, and He finds me, you know, pretty much worthy. And that is pretty much a definitive statement, (laughs) like pretty final, like that is the fact, right? Absolutely. And I really try to connect in with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the place where I go until I can internalize it. And then, of course, and it's in both places. Mm -hmm. But until I internalize it, if I still believe it from God, but I still not really believing it myself, there's still Mm -hmm. this this disconnect there. Yeah. Where Mm -hmm. it's really not not really quite working. I'm still not believing. Yeah. God's way that he sees me you, you know what that's that's awesome I mean I and uh, I that's my foundation also is um, even more recently is the the Bible and understanding and I, and I can't quote verses but I'll paraphrase um, where, where God says you know I, I place the Holy Spirit in you right you, you, you know I, I love you like Jesus says you can do all things that I can do and uh, when we understand these things and we use the Bible as a foundation we can internalize that because it says yes. in the in the word you know um, as a man thinketh he shall be you know the, it, it's amazing the, the Bible is an amazing foundation to get that inner worth and and with that you accept who you are and it doesn't even matter what other people think right <laughs> right it really doesn't matter I mean it, it, it shouldn't matter either way but I'll tell you um, I love what you said the the God and the, and the foundation of the Bible is what really has helped me a ton. Yep. Yep. So I also want to talk just quickly, how do you recognize when you're feeling shame? Because there's a biological thing that can go on. There's, it can be a physiological set of things that happen. Mm-hmm. And if you recognize those, you can check in and going, hmm, I wonder if I'm feeling shame right now. Mm-hmm. Do I feel like I'm being shamed? Mm-hmm. If, you know, however you want to think of it, uh, that's easier to take in. But uh, some examples are someone might have said something pretty crappy and suddenly you have dry mouth maybe you have tunnel vision you have sweaty palms maybe you have an intense desire to hide or Mm -hmm. to fight back Mm -hmm. and to throw it back at them Uh, when those are happening you might be experiencing shame (laughs) you know physiology is is a huge 
one. I mean, you can see if you're talking to somebody and you're having a good time and your shoulders are, are broad, you're talking, you're looking straight forward at somebody and then something comes up and your shoulders will shrink. Yeah. Your head will go down and you'll kind of look up versus <laughs> looking straight at somebody. Mm. And I say with that, we put ourselves in that state of shame or mm. that state of fear or whatever that state is, state of depression. We do it to ourselves. If we recognize our physiology and that we are shrinking down like that, man, stand back up, put your shoulders back up and just be okay with who you are. Yeah. So there's a set of steps that can be followed. Again, this comes from that book called Daring Greatly, which I thought was really great. And they, there's a set of steps. It's like you do one, two, three, that kind of steps. And the first one is to reach out to trusted friends and share with them what just happened. Outstanding. Now, if these are great friends, they'll say, oh, yeah, I totally relate. Yeah. And that's the kind of response they will have. Not, yeah. oh, what did you do to yourself? That's horrible. <laughs> you know. You're a weirdo, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the next thing is to talk to yourself the way you would want someone else to talk to you. Ah, perfect, yep. So how, what would you say to someone who just got into a state where they were feeling shame mm -hmm. and talk to yourself that way? And the last one is own the story. Don't hide, don't shrink back. Mm -hmm. The quote I loved is, if you own the story, you get to write the ending. Very nice. Transparency. You, yes. Right, transparency. When you bury the story, you stay forever the subject of the story. Ooh. That's good yes. stuff. Hey, well, real quick, and on Unchained Men at our meetup, um, look, find us on, on, on meetups, Unchained Men, and we have these discussions, these same discussions all the time. Awesome. Hope to see you there. You've been listening to the Impact Hour. Have a great day. Have a great day. the Sacramento region? Get the dish on the newest restaurants, local events, entertainment, and more. You'll find it all at BigCityNightlife.com. Find local artists, concerts, and sporting events, and so much more. Want to learn more about the service industry and staffing? You'll find it all at BigCityNightlife.com. Listen Tuesdays at 11 to Sacramento Live, featuring local celebrities and entrepreneurs. Go to BigCityNightlife.com to submit your event or request an interview on Sacramento Live. Find them on Facebook. It's time to play you be the judge. Brought to you by the injury law firm of Ashton and Price. In California, which city was deemed to be the most dangerous city in which to drive? A. Sacramento. B. Los Angeles. C. San Francisco. Ashton and Price injury victims always meet with a lawyer. We deal with the insurance company.